Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pressure Cooker Podcast. I'm Will. I'm joined here with Julia, and today we're going to be talking about uh, MasterChef Season 11, uh, the auditions, as well as Episode 4, where the top 15 competed. Uh, Julia, uh, this is a new podcast. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give your your background with, with MasterChef and all things culinary? Uh, sure. Uh, so I've been watching MasterChef for forever. I've watched all the seasons. I've probably binge-watched them at least twice. Um, I've watched a little bit of MasterChef Canada. Um, I've been watching, like, all the Food Network, like, uh, reality TV cooking shows, like Top Chef, Iron Chef America, things like that for years and years and years. I love to cook. I love to bake. Uh, part of my Jewish-Italian-American heritage nonsense. Um, it's great. Yeah. Um, I know some stuff. I know some stuff. I, I feel like both of those cultures, food very important. Uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, basically, a necessity to be able to put something on the table from time to time, at least. Yeah, Julia also does most of the cooking around the house. Uh, for context, we are living together and dating. Uh, <laughs> and also for context, I'm very bad at most things food-related, and I know very little about both MasterChef and about food. This is true. Um, he knows how to make pizza rolls and... Um, my finest dish, truly. My, yes, my <laughs> pizza rolls and... What else do you even make? Wait a second. <laughs> uh, you can make toasted cheese crackers. Peanut butter sandwiches. Peanut butter sandwiches. Uh, these are Will, Will Simon specials. The, uh, you know, if I, had a, if I had a Gordon Ramsay style restaurant, that would be my menu. We decided there's not <laughs> enough uh, cooking show coverage out there. There are so many podcasts, but there's like not really an active MasterChef podcast going on. So we were like, hey, why don't we do it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like reality TV in general is very well covered, but not cooking reality TV. Uh, yeah. And cooking reality TV is probably like the best reality TV because really it, it's, it's kind of like a subjective thing because cooking really like food really just falls to one person's taste one person might like this and one person might like that and so like you know you have to have like some really incredible people judging uh that either like everything or can appreciate ingredients and in different cuisines and stuff like that um you know that, that's it you know <laughs> you have to like have the right people and then also the right format right uh because Take, for example, like a TV show like Chopped. If you haven't seen Chopped on Food Network, it's like one episode. They've got three rounds. It's really boring. It's the same every single time. Uh, there's like no interesting twists anymore. It's been on for like 15 years or something, and I can't watch it. It's unwatchable. It's not good reality TV. All episodes are the same. Master that's Chef how you is, really feel. Yeah, no, really. Uh, that's not even a hot take. Ask anybody who watches the Food Network. They're like, Chopped is old. Figure something out else out new because this is just like lame and uninteresting yeah so masterchef is different though masterchef has it does have like a recurring format but there's good twists uh there's like really interesting dynamics uh like socially because they have like the same people across the whole season um, yeah, and you get to see people, like, develop rivalries, and then, like, you can win a challenge and give someone a disadvantage. Uh, I love that stuff. 
Of course uh, you do. From, this is your what, favorite. Yes, uh, <laughs> from what I've seen of previous seasons. Um, I, I guess we can get into... Uh, let's just touch on everyone in the cast real quick. I'll go through in the order that we saw them audition. I never feel like the audition episodes are really that necessary to watch for MasterChef just because uh, pretty much all the information that you're being given about these people is then repeated like in the first episode where they're actually like competing. Uh, it, it just kind of feels like filler, but I, I think it's still a, a good way for us to just go through and like quickly touch on everyone, maybe talk about how they did in the audition. Yeah, sure. I, I also think like, you know, as a counterpoint, I think it's important to see the auditions and then see where people are starting. Um, because what they prepare on their own and what they think is their best dish is not mm. necessarily going to be reflected in the competition, like with, um, the, the mystery box challenges or team challenges or things like that, that they'll face later on in the competitions. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So first person we have this great dude named Alejandro. Yeah. It seems like a nice guy born in Cuba. He made pan seared lamb chops. Um, what does pan seared mean? It means that like besides just seared <laughs> in the pan. Cause I heard pan seared at least like 10 times. Well, that's basically what it means. It means like okay. you get the pan like really hot, usually with some sure. type of like oil or fat in it. That's what people do when they cook. That's what people do when they cook and they put the meat in it and it gets like, uh, when they say like hard sear, that's what you think of when you get a steak and it's like nice and brown and like kind of crispy on all the sides yeah. of it. What? What do you mean? Yeah, brown crispy. food is, brown food is good. Crispy food is good. Crispy steak. It well, oh. you know, not like crispy, but like <laughs> like, like a like a potato can, chip? Well, no, but like it can be crispy if you're pan searing it if you want like a crispy skin, like mm. on a fish or something like that. But like it has like that nice like browned quality to it. Um cooked on the outside in a pan in a skillet. I've never had lamb either. Uh, lamb chops with a parsnip puree. Parsnip, uh, parsnip puree is like, it's, it's, it's like fancy mashed potatoes, but like slightly sweeter. Um, parsnips are just like, uh, basically like fancy potatoes, okay. but sweeter. <laughs> okay. I mean, seem like the judges. Like oh, okay. Well, uh, it seemed like the judges liked it. They, Gordon said he didn't nail the tomatoes, but he did a good job in the lamb. They all seem like, like... Uh, he, uh, they admired his ambition, but he, I don't think Alejandro really seems like, like he's going to be a huge player in this season. He doesn't, you know, he didn't, didn't spend that much time with him. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mostly agree with it just because it's like, okay, how far can you get on ambition alone? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like he maybe has like two or three good tricks up his sleeve. And, like, he practiced really, really hard for this audition. But I don't think that he's, like, this huge contender. Yeah. He's also an animal trainer, which uh, I wish they would have touched on that more because that's a pretty cool job. Uh, wonder yeah. what animals he trains. Yeah, I really like how they, like, tell you what job they have just because... I'm interested in knowing what their background is. Yeah, like, they do that on every doing... show. If, I know, I know. If you like, like being told what job people have, you'll love every reality TV show. I know, I just like knowing. 
I like knowing what their background is. It's like, what do you do during the day? And I really and... like knowing their hometown, too. It's really cool. I mean, I guess so. I don't really care that much about that. It's like, so, I mean, I guess like in a show like this, it really does influence like what kind of cooking you do and like what kind of flavors you're accustomed to and things like that. So it actually matters here. I don't think it really matters on mm. a show like Survivor or something like that. Uh, moving on, we have Matt. Who's big family man? I, I feel like they kept cutting to him like in the crowd uh, a lot, but yeah. construction worker. Uh, and he surprises me with this like elaborate dish. He makes um, a ravioli uh, that is filled with ricotta that he made himself within the forty-five minute time limit. So ambitious, so interesting. Like egg yolk with an egg yolk in the center, right? And yeah. the idea is that. The pasta, which is like a very delicate, like thin ravioli with this filling, the egg yolk you're supposed to cut into it, and the egg yolk is supposed to run out and and be like not obviously not like undercooked, but like like the over easy style, like really really like runny. Yeah. And he makes this perfect pasta with this amazing ricotta cheese that he makes himself and the egg yolk is perfect and they're all like "Ooh, this is so good and fantastic and yeah. then he puts all this other random stuff on the plate like he makes like a homemade pesto which that's fine but it was like emerald lagasse was judging this love emerald lagasse by the way he's like the first legend they introduced what an icon what an icon oh yeah i guess we should touch the, the theme of this <laughs> season is master chef legends where they basically have like a celebrity judge on every every episode yeah it's not it's like barely a theme it's it's more just like here's a lot of celebrity judges yeah i mean maybe it'll get better later um and we'll, we'll touch on this again after but they had emerald lagasse the like the judges for the auditions are like not super important in my opinion i think they're just there really to break the tie they also like, like, like never whatever. gave someone a no <laughs> like they were never the deciding vote yeah, well, they always make the deciding vote Gordon Ramsay. Oh my gosh, we're getting so off track. They make the deciding vote Gordon Ramsay because it's a Gordon Ramsay show. I guarantee it. And they're like, your fate is in the hands of Gordon Ramsay. It's like, oh no. Of course, oh no, it's Gordon Ramsay. I'm scared of Gordon Ramsay. I would like poop my pants if I saw Gordon Ramsay in real I'm... life. I think he would like, I think I'm a good cook, but he would be like, you're terrible. You're a horrible person. Like, I'm honestly more afraid of <laughs> Joe. I don't know what his last name is, but that was a guess. <laughs> Close it up. <laughs> Let me see what his last name is. I feel like it's something similar to that. Uh, Joe. Bastianich? Bastianich. See, basically what I said. Close enough. Um, anyway, he put a lot on the plate, Matt did, and he got a no from Gordon. But so. a yes from everyone else. because. Yep. But I was particularly impressed because... Very, very but, risky thing to go with for your Super audition. risky, one. Two, this is like, Joe Bastianich said this as part of, like, the, the audition. Um, he basically was like, yeah, this is like, like, hollowed ground of this competition. If you've seen MasterChef seasons before, you would know that in, like, almost every single season, there's always a filled pasta challenge, and this has been a challenge more than once like this egg yolk ravioli situation it's been a challenge more than once and so many home cooks have failed on this challenge and this dude walks up in with his in his audition with this beautiful perfect ravioli like good job dude but like 
Gordon Ramsay said no to him because he put too much on the plate, and, like, I don't blame him, so... Really, one of the biggest sins you can commit in MasterChef is putting too much on your plate. That is that is true, because it's, like, you want the ingredients that they give you to shine, because the whole point is to, like, make these ingredients, like, the star of the dish, right? Yeah. Um, but speaking of, like, star of the dish, making the ingredients shine, we have Autumn, who is the best. I think, yeah. I think I stand her the most, so we're gonna, we're gonna I get agree. into it. She's also the most Boston bartender ever. Yeah, she's, like, tattooed, blonde hair, she's got the Boston accent, like... Fashion icon. Hot topic realness, like, beautiful, like... I wanted to look. I wanted to look like her when she I was. She has like 14 a Legend of old. Zelda tattoo. Yeah, she's great. I wanted to look like her when I was fourteen years old. I still want to look like her today. Um, that being said, she made a a cake of like banana and miso with a bananas Foster style like caramel like pieces of banana. It was. It looked beautiful. Super bold. Uh, miso, if you have never had it before, has, like, a certain umami, like, saltiness, uh, like, of a flavor profile, right? And so, I feel like it, it goes so well in this caramel, because I love salted caramel, and so the miso, like, gives it that saltiness, uh, that I would hope for, and I just feel like it's so ambitious, like, just to combine these flavors like that. She's just like, I'm gonna do what I want, and just... So you explained what miso is. Can you explain banana? No. Okay. Figure it out. Google it. Okay. I guess I'll have to do some research on the side. Anyways, the judges loved Autumn's dish, though, and they no hesitation, I'll put her through. Uh, I think Autumn's going to be a big character. Um, I really hope she makes it far, because I love her. Uh, I think that, yeah, like, I think she got four yeses. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that if she continues with so as much style and flair as she brought in the auditions, then she's going to go super far. Um, yeah. I think like taking risks pays off a lot in MasterChef if they're calculated risks. Yeah. You know, sometimes I take calculated risks, but I'm really bad at math, so... Nice. <laughs> Up top. <laughs> so let's get on to uh, one of the more weird auditions we had miles uh, a youtube gamer oh um he he made miles style chicken fried rice you're not allowed to name a dish after yourself until you're like famous so this dude is like i'm just gonna do whatever and like slapped his name on this like dish that wasn't even fried rice it did the judges said themselves that it didn't taste like chicken fried rice which is very odd, but because they said it was still good, and so they put him yeah. through. Yeah, Joe gave him a no, but Gordon Gordon was, like, the most positive on this. He was like, yeah, I think you just, like, named this dish incorrectly, but it's good. That's pretty much all we got from Miles, though. Like, we didn't really even get any of him talking about his background, anything about, like, his history with cooking, which makes me feel like he's you know, really not, not a contender here. I f- yeah, I feel like... Reading the edit. <laughs> if you're gonna read the edit. Like, I agree with that. I think, like, usually people who go far, like, talk about their family and, like, their kids and their, like, where their love of cooking developed and, like, what we got was, like, yeah, my name is Miles and I made Miles-style fried rice. Like, I game, I game on YouTube. You didn't Aha. even say that. It just, like, came up as a I know, it just came... I know, it came up... <laughs> it came up on... I wish it was, like, I game on YouTube. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> that would be terrible. Oh, my God. Speaking of people not making it far, then we had Elise, 
also got a very brief segment in the uh, in the auditions. All I wrote down is that she's she was funny. Um, yeah, made um, a mini red velvet cake. Seemed she, pretty simple. She made this absolutely gorgeous, like like very like individually sized red velvet cake with like a like beautiful icing. I wish I could bake this beautifully for one person. I simply cannot. But, like, the judges didn't complain about it at all. They were like, this is beautiful. This is top quality. Like, you did so good. And then she blows it. Yep. Uh, We'll we'll talk about this We'll get to that later. But, yeah, I mean, she really didn't get much content here. I I wasn't surprised she ended up going home first, just based off of the fact that we really didn't get to know anything about her in the auditions. But on basically the far other end of the spectrum, the last person we saw in night one of auditions was Sue, uh, who immediately stands out as like probably, I would say, the top contender. I want Sue to win the whole thing. I love her. I think she's great. I think, like, okay, so she is, she was born and raised in Burma. She moved to the U.S. when she was 22 years old. Um, She's a food blogger which I think is, like, a big advantage here. While she's not a professional chef, she does, like, uh, professionally, like, develop her own recipes, and she, uh, you know, has learned how to plate her food in a very attractive way uh, that can be photographed and put online, um, which is so awesome. Uh, Very helpful for her. It makes... I feel like this experience makes her dishes including the one she put out in the audition and the one she put out during the episode today um look restaurant quality like she might be a home cook but it looks gorgeous i would pay 50 dollars for a plate like that the judges reaction was only appropriate um emerald lagasse was like this is a food of love and i don't really say that to people but like clearly uh you you put your heart and soul into your food, and then Joe Bastianich, who I want to call Joe Bastian bitch because he is, called it a profound like a quote profound immersion into Burmese cuisine, and that this is like the best thing that they've had all night, which is such a compliment from this dude. Like he's such he's such an asshole. Yeah, when when Joe says something nice, it's like... A big deal. He really means it. Yeah. Um, And so I feel like Sue is just going to, like, go and go and go. Or, like, people are going to give her disadvantage after disadvantage after disadvantage. The thing about, like, people giving you disadvantages, though, is, like, the judges generally are always, like, as long as you don't, like, make a complete disaster, the judges... I feel like are typically like, wow, you even made something competent with this disadvantage. Like, I don't think they're ever really like judging people equally if they were given a disadvantage, which I think kind of like defeats the purpose of giving, (laughs) (laughs) like giving someone a handicap. Well, like I said, like food is very subjective. And so it's kind of like, if you can produce like a competent, intelligent, like beautiful dish with a disadvantage, like you deserve to move forward. Um, whereas somebody who had it all and did worse than you, they should go home. That's my opinion. You know, I just, (laughs) I, I don't really care if they're judged like, oh, well you actually had, oh no, I, I'm not, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying that like, I've very rarely seen it where someone has been given a disadvantage and then gone home because of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I feel like it's, 
maybe a better strategy to give a disadvantage to someone who's not as good. Like, you don't want to give it to the best person. You want to give it to someone who's, like, middle of the pack. And it'll, like, really screw them over. Yeah, rather than just, like, the the worst person going home. Well, I guess, like, really the idea is that people just want out who they think they can't beat. And so giving the disadvantage to that person is just, like, an inevitable like decision like i would decide i would give disadvantages to sue because i would hope that she would like trip on this disadvantage and like face plant i guess you've got to hope that you would hope that right yeah but she won't because she's so fabulous i hope i hope i hope i hope i hope she goes far we'll see we'll see well moving on to episode two of the auditions we had our first contestant was Anne, uh mom of two she seemed She's like a very positive person. Uh, she called her kids, I, I wrote this down, funny and naughty at the same time, which was like a weird way of, of saying describing that. Describing your kids. Weird way of describing your kids. It uh, sounds like she just has bad kids. I don't know. Well, like, oh, they're so fun. They're so, so naughty. Funny. Like, oh, yeah, they just really get into everything. All kids are bad, though. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree. Uh, she was inspired by her dad, who died of dementia four years ago, who was, like, her role model as far as cooking. That was very sweet. Very sweet. I feel like this is, like, messed up. I feel like everyone on reality TV who goes far has, like, a sob story. Not to say that that's a sob story, because I would be sad if my dad died of dementia four years ago, right? But mm-hmm. I that just tells me that she's going to go somewhere. I just, I feel like she will, at a minimum, it will be, like you know put on as like a i derive so much inspiration and clearly uh clearly this person like like shows her love for her father through her food and like and he's dead so mm, tear like you know what i mean like i don't know yeah. I, I think it's more <laughs> like they tend to just cast people who have like uh sad perhaps, stories perhaps to share so. um it's because you want those people to get like a quarter of a million dollars like for their yeah, and, and you know the the ninety nine percent of people who watch Master Chef and put zero thought into it, or you know they eat that stuff up. Uh, we're like I, I'd probably I'd probably say we're like the point zero one percent of people putting like any thought into what they're watching on this show. Do you think that? I feel like otherwise there would be yeah, other no, podcasts. I don't, th- I, I don't I, think anyone like we have like <laughs> way too many notes on these episodes, and I feel like Are we? it was not in. Are we better than everyone? <laughs> I think no. I think we're worse. Maybe so. I think we're the worst people for doing this. As far as Survivor goes, I am the perfect audience member. Like I eat the edit so hard. I hate everyone that they paint as a villain. Like even people I liked in the beginning, all of a sudden they get this villain edit. I'm like, hmm, I don't like this person. Like that's me every every time. But on Master Chef, I like. I don't know if it's because, like, I actually, like, know how to cook and, like, think critically about, like, the things that they're doing on the show, or I just care more. (laughs) I don't know. But maybe I am worse than most people for this. Anne made roasted duck a la cherry. Uh... First of all, I don't like cherries. Hmm. Second of all, you would hate duck. Uh, Probably. it's, It's like... We, t- we actually talked about eat. this while we were watching the audition. I was explaining how they were they were talking about how the duck fat has to be rendered. Uh, the preparation of the duck has to be, like, perfect. And generally speaking, that means that you have to put the duck in a pan and s- start the pan. Like, you pan sear it? 
Yes, sort of. Uh, you start the pan cold so that, like, the fat on the, like, the fat cap on the duck, like, gradually breaks down. And then the duck cooks in its own fat. So instead of using oil or something like that, you're using its own fat. And so the fat becomes, like, melt in your mouth. And apparently, and, like, mostly, I don't even know, Joe said it was overcooked. Yeah, she, he, Joe seemed to really hate it. He said that the duck was overcooked and the bok choy tasted like dirty water. So he gave her a, a big no. But then everyone else was like, this yeah, is this is great. good. Yeah. yeah. I don't but, know. Joe's just having a bad day, I think. I don't know. I think Joe had like a stick in his butt or something. I don't know. It looked good to me. I don't really eat duck. Uh, I think that I don't like the, the gamey flavor of it. It's also like too expensive <laughs> for me personally. Anyway, this we this, also have like two portraits of ducks in our house, and it just would feel wrong. To... I know it would feel so wrong. We have this beautiful like I don't remember what it's called. What called? What is this kind I of? I think duck? it's a a red breasted merganser. How do you know this? Uh, I'm a duck expert now. Oh, okay. Yes. How are you a duck expert? Uh, I've just done my my studying, my many days at the at the the bird library at uh, the flipping through the, the aviary the aviary yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah so anyway joe said no to her everyone else is like this is good uh we want to see more from you blah blah yeah. blah and they passed her through yeah i think she's like middle of the pack i agree She'll with do. that i think like okay she's kind of like meh i'm not like super impressed by her but she made duck and apparently it was decent for and i yeah. i cannot do that so seems nice her. Yeah, seems nice. Nice lady. Um, Next we got Abe, like Abe Lincoln vibes. He's like this food study student at NYU. His mom is a diplomat, so he's lived all over the world. He's lived in Mexico, Serbia, Portugal, Romania, and London outside of the U.S. A lot of places. Yeah, he made a very weird dish. It was like a fish dish with like cheese, which... By the way, unholy combination. Cheese and fish should never go together. Yeah, that's not kosher. It's, well, yeah, it's really not. It's <laughs> extremely not kosher. Yeah, I mean, you can have fish, but, like, only certain types of fish. Mm. Um, can you have pico de gallo? Interesting. Uh, but apparently it was the fish was cooked very well, um, and then it was seasoned well. Um, Aron Sanchez, who's one of the judges, uh, I believe, I don't know where he's from. Hold on. From Mexico. Uh, he's from Mexico? I think so. I think so. I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure before I called him, like, that he's, that he's Mexican. I'll I'll get canceled instead. Uh, (laughs) Well, he's the owner of a Mexican restaurant. Well, I know he, yeah, he's he's a a Mexican-American. Okay, so yeah, he's Mexican, uh, and he was like, see, this is, this is like, kind of... This is good. I think the cheese being on it is kind of gross. I don't get it. Also, you're not supposed to fry flour tortillas. You're not supposed to do that. Flour tortillas should not be fried. Corn tortillas should be fried. That's that's just like facts because flour tortilla absorbs the fat and the oil. So it just gets like greasy, right? Yeah. Um, oh, also, I just want to say, Aron was technically not born in Mexico. He, he was born in Texas. He's a Mexican-American. Yes. Um, uh, so let's get that right. Aron gave him a no and said that basically all his worldly influences got in the way of making like a coherent dish. And 
that makes sense. I feel like, yeah. like we were saying earlier, like too much is not. Uh, He's also saying like I've been in all these places, so I have all these like influences from them. But it, it's kind of like taking like you know like one flavor of Skittle out of each each bag. It's like you don't really have that much experience with any of these cultures. You just like it's like congrats, you lived in Romania when you were two. Yeah, like, it's like wow. I guess you know all about Romanian food now, Mister Twenty Two Years Old. Oh my God. Yeah, really an expert of Serbian cuisine. I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure. He's like the whitiest boy ever, too, which is like really fun. He gives me like big Tom Holland energy. I feel like... He, no, he looks like Elon Musk. He looks like Elon Musk? Yes, he does. Look I have to look at this face. picture again. Yeah, he looks like Elon Musk. Okay, he does look like Elon <laughs> Musk. He looks like Elon Musk uh, like had a son who was Tom Holland. If Elon Musk and Tom Holland had like an a weird like man baby like sure thing, it would be If you did like the face merging app. Oh my god, yes. I feel like it would be like right in the middle of the Some, something yeah. like that. I think like he has like those like Elon Musk his eyes to me are like too close together and then like Tom Holland just has like that like wiry like youth youthful like Yeah, he has the body of He has a teenage boy yeah. vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just like that. Anyway, like, Joe said it lacks wow factor, but they need three yeses to get through. Uh, and he makes it through, so he yeah. has Gordon, uh, Emeril Lagasse, and Joe. Yeah, it, it felt like he was probably in, like, the bottom three of the quality of, of, all, of all 15 uh, I, I, who made know, it. I agree with that. I feel like some people just really had a better hold on what they were doing like i feel like again who the hell thinks it's a good idea to put cheese on fish i think that a tuna melt if we're gonna like really argue this i think a tuna melt doesn't count as cheese with fish because tuna melt has american cheese and american cheese is not cheese right i I also think tuna melts are gross but it doesn't count as fish with cheese because american cheese is not cheese right um why is that because it's like plastic. What are you talking about? I love it for grilled cheese. It's delicious. I put it in eggs. But like, it's not cheese. Hmm. Like, I, I feel like so... that is... I think that is an incorrect statement. No, it's not. Like, okay. Uh, we'll put up a poll. Is American cheese cheese? Gonna gonna um, tweet that out now. I'm looking this up. Okay. Okay. American cheese isn't even considered to be real cheese. It's called a pasteurized cheese product. Wow. Yeah, so it's... it's <laughs> Apparently, uh, Kraft Singles is not made with at least 51% of real cheese. So what's in it? Like, I don't understand. Well, I'm... I guess I'll see if the people on Twitter, like, really know, know their cheese. That That's interesting to know, though. Uh, I definitely never see anyone on MasterChef using American cheese. Uh... Probably not the most high caliber ingredient. Yeah, it's not even in the actual dish the guy made, but I just wanted to say that. I don't think that it's real cheese. I think that it's like a plastic, like, I think it's made of like plastic water bottles and salt, and I think it's delicious. Oh, okay. I mean, (laughs) no, like, you gotta reuse, reduce, and recycle. Oh, God, no. It's just, it's good for certain things, you know? Sure. But, like, very specific certain things where you need, like, like burgers yeah. must be American yeah. cheese. Borg's gotta if, have cheese. I agree. I think if you put Swiss cheese on a burger, 
I will throw you out the window. The only cheeses that are appropriate on a burger, and y'all can fight me on Twitter about this if you want, is American cheese and provolone cheese. Why? Because American cheese and provolone cheese, or American plastic and provolone cheese, if you will, they both have an incredible, like, melty quality that other cheeses don't have. And you cannot put a piece of Swiss and tell me it's as satisfying as, like, gooey American slice. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I just realized that, like, this would probably be Rob Sesternino's least favorite podcast ever because he hates uh, talking about food with people. Well, that's not my problem. Not not your problem. <laughs> He's missing out. He is missing out. Moving on, though, we had Joseph. Joseph is uh, great. Who I think is, like, maybe... He's like my number two top contender based okay, on the yeah. auditions. He he was really good. He wanted to represent Filipino culture. Isn't Very he like cool. An electrical engineer. He's, yeah. He, no, he's an environmental, environmental engineer. He's an environmental yeah. engineer. He was like, I went to all this school and I graduated and now I'm an environmental engineer and here I am on MasterChef cooking fish. Like, how cool is that? And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool, dude. I wish I was you. Um, he wants to, like, like you said, he wants to represent Filipino culture. He makes... He makes, like, this really pared-down, simple dish. He made a ginger and green onion steamed red snapper, like a whole fish steamed. And steaming fish is risky because people are prone to overcooking fish. And because it's just so simple in nature, but the judges loved this, right? It, yeah. It really lets the food shine it lets the ingredients shine uh he had this beautiful snapper that he cooked perfectly and his big risk paid off you know um and i love to see that yeah i love to see it the judges love it too they love when a risk you know actually works out uh when it doesn't work out you'll probably go home uh which is why it's a risk this is fair but but they loved it he's definitely my number two i think he has like a good story um, yeah. On like, I think that he has like this like cool as a cucumber vibe. I think that if he's able to take such few ingredients and present them as like an all star dish on day one, I think that he might have a chance of like making simple, beautiful, restaurant quality all star dishes in the future. You know. Speaking of like people with like weird but good stories yeah i next person we're going to talk about is nie and i really have no idea what to make of her because she was the last person they showed in episode two of the auditions being the last person shown generally means that you're going to be like a big player in the show uh as we saw with sue um but she doesn't seem that good (laughs) so yeah i agree i think that she seems like kind of like all over the place i think she's like impulsive and probably makes like not great decisions yeah she's Um, very young yeah she's young she is a first generation mexican-american so she has like a connection with a rose uh, rose Rose con sanchez (laughs) oh no oh no I've never heard you say that. We talked about this on one of the days of the auditions. I was... Aron Sanchez. His name reminds me of a rose con pollo. Yes, I, I got that. 
Which doesn't even... Oh, no. Oh, no. Listen. <laughs> this is the last episode of our podcast. Thank no. you all for listening. No, 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 and I no, really no. hope you have a great... Okay. She and has... I also, uh, as we heard at least ten <laughs> times during this these first few episodes... Did you know she quit her job to be on the show? Yes, she she worked in... Yeah, she was a legal assistant. Yeah, she was a legal assistant for, like, an injury law... Injury claims? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's like those people on billboards like, that you call the 800 number and they, like... Cat and Crandall They, like, scam whatever. you or whatever. I don't know. That's a local thing to Virginia, actually. Uh, um, no one will understand that. Good. Uh, <laughs> but she's, like... She uh, reminds me of, like, Camilla Cabello. Like, she has, like... The cute, like, energetic, like, well-dressed, like, beautiful hair, like, shining, beautiful skin, like, 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 pop star, like, looking. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, she looks, she looks so nice. Like, I think. Yeah, very I think, fabulous. Yeah, very fabulous. She gives me Gabriella uh, from, <laughs> from High School, School Musical. Musical. Like, yeah. Like, just great. She makes a chili relleno. Uh, with flank steak. And usually chili relleno is like kind of like an ugly dish. What is chili relleno? It's like a poblano pepper that is uh, often like roasted over like an open flame. And then the mm. skin gets peeled off and it's like usually stuffed with something. Like you can get like just like a chili relleno with cheese in it. Um, and then it's like dipped in a batter and fried. So it kind of just looks like a like a, like a big foot. <laughs> sometimes it depending on how it's presented that's my favorite camping activity is just roasting a chili relleno over the fire no just sitting not, around you're with not the boys roasting the chili relleno, you're roasting the pepper oh, roast, the poblano pepper. sitting around with the boys roasting the pepper over the fire the, but like you're not supposed that's not what i mean by open fire you have like a gas stove and there's an open fire you can use that i guess you could do it like but on it, the i'm just saying fire. like it's an option I guess, like I, I bet, I bet it would be tasty because it has like that smoky quality. I bet that would be good. Yeah, they said the uh, presentation was very inviting. Uh, Aaron didn't like the sauce. Gordon said not enough seasoning. But they said you're an attractive young woman, and I'm not saying that's the only reason. But I, I do think they have a. I think being TV producers, they have like a, a quota, quota of to fill of like attractive young woman to put on any season of reality TV. So why are they not putting me on reality TV? Yeah, I don't like, know. I don't understand. Like, I'm, the, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I know why I'm not on reality TV. It's because I would say the F word too much and production doesn't want to mute me. Yeah, um, it really, like, racks up the, the how much they have to pay the editors for all the, all the bleeping out they have to do. Yeah, it also takes it from PG-13 to rated R, so I don't know if well, you can have think, that on I mean, they'd, they'd, you know, censor it. It'd just be a lot of effort. Yeah. Anyway, anyway next up, we have Kelsey. Uh, we're taking way longer on the adi- auditions than I thought. Doesn't really okay. matter. She's a physical no therapist. No listen to this. It's okay. I know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um... She's a physical therapist. She kind of reminds me of Will's mom. Like, she's really cute. She has, like, this perfect, like, short brown hair. Uh, same she's energy. also a physical therapist. Same energy. Good vibes, right? Yeah, if, uh, all the listeners out there who know my mom, they're, like, they're not in their heads right now. Uh-huh. They're like, yep, definitely. Right. Uh, she makes a crispy, probably pan-seared, right? Yes. Steelhead trout. That's Will's Sear favorite. that pan. I'm, no, uh, with pea and tarragon puree and fingerling potatoes and sautéed mushrooms. There's a lot of stuff. Lots of stuff, but they all go together. Uh, the plating looked beautiful, like stunning. 
the only complaint that any of the judges had, of course it was Joe, um, and he said he wants something with more, like, ferociousness, and he wants, like, some power, pack a punch with this dish, and then he made her do a growl. Yeah, so, he was like, like, show me your, your ferocious side. And, and she, she literally was like, rah! She's like, It was, like, so funny. because yeah, Joe's a freak. But yeah, she, she seems like she's gonna be a big player. Gotta... Did she have a story? Not really. I I guess she just seems really nice, and they showed her a lot. So. I don't remember what she had said. Oh, she has her. two kids that she left behind in. Oh yeah, Chicago. No, Indianapolis. Same same thing. I'm literally dead. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Seems good. Seems great. We're gonna talk about her more later. Uh, but we also have Lexi. She's this nice mom. She has two kids. She's 23. I know. Oh my God, she's that's my age. She's amazing. Yeah, I know. I can you imagine if we had kids? You can imagine if we had two kids, like or any kids. I don't want children. Um, (laughs) but she has. Imagine having a single child. Um. Anyway, um, her husband works for like a factory or a warehouse, and so money is. She's just like a stay. It's a warehouse factory. They make warehouses there. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but she she is young. She's a stay at home mom. So and he's working at the factory. So money's tight. They have a tight grocery budget of about forty dollars a week. That's insane. Insane <laughs> for I, four people. For four people, but she like good for her. She's her kids were on the show. That like very cute. her husband was on the show. They all look well, very well fed. <laughs> I'm sure they're doing great. I, like not very well fed. You know they they looked like not like not like grossly well fed, but not <laughs> yeah. like not like rich person like gluttonous well fed. But they look like. <laughs> very healthy yeah, they looked healthy and like they looked like you know their mom cooks amazing food right yeah um and you know how eating, people have that look good. where it looks they're like their good. mom cooks amazing food well that's what I, that's why i'm fat will <laughs> <laughs> my mom cooks pretty that's good that's what food. i look like yeah anyway uh she made a black garlic burger stuffed with goat cheese yeah um black garlic is it it really is just like Imagine garlic like on ten, like it mm-hmm. is very, very strong. It's really, really uh, geared for the vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really strong, but it has like um like a very like distinct uh, flavor profile. Um, it has goat cheese in it. I don't really get the goat cheese thing because I'm not just put a good piece of cheese on the burger. Like, Slap some American in there. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Cheese, baby. Cheese. That was embarrassing. All right. Um, I just like, I feel like stuffed burgers are a gimmick. Like, then the outsides of the burger don't have cheese, and the inside has too much cheese. Like, what if you just get like a whole bite of cheese? Like, what the? Anyway, no one wants that. I think making a burger is a big risk. You've got Gordon Ramsay who has like. Literally a burger restaurant called Burger called Burger in Las Vegas, right? And it's just like these are the best chefs in the world. Like you're gonna serve them a burger. It has to be a damn good burger, right? Uh, For her to put it up there. Yeah. So Joe gave her a no. It was just like you know a good burger, but it wasn't like amazing. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure he said. I honestly, I just yeah. I don't think who decides this is like their this is going to be like their best dish but you know everyone else gave her a yes uh gordon and paula seemed impressed with her especially the fact that she was only 23 and seemed so like mature and uh, composed 
So she's got that going for her. I don't think she's going to be making it super far, though, even even in spite of the fact that she has, like, a good story. Yeah. Um, I feel like she's so young. I feel like her maybe her, like, lack of experience uh, might hinder her in this competition. Yeah, definitely doesn't help. Probably doesn't. Um, yeah, we'll move on to Tay, our our next contestant here who who made it through the auditions. I like him. Yeah, he's radio host. Uh, you can you can definitely tell that he's a radio host. He gives off big radio host vibes. Oh yeah, no. It, it it's also like not just any kind of radio host. It's like small town radio host, so they have to yeah. like try extra hard to be energetic. Like, yeah, wake up at five a.m. Here we go, guys. Like, I'm gonna play. Do you think some... he's like a local celebrity? <laughs> like, he goes to the grocery store and people are like. Hey, it's that guy from the radio. I guess no one listens to the radio anymore. Well, but isn't he from, like, like, he's from, like, Nebraska, right? Yeah, Omaha. Yeah. Meet me in the middle. Oh, God. Um, what I'm saying is, is, like, you know, if you're from Nebraska, you probably know, like, ten people. So maybe people do recognize him in the store. Maybe. Uh, I feel like he's got more going on than a lot of people in Nebraska. Sorry, Nebraska, but it doesn't seem like an exciting place. So I would <laughs> welcome Tay in my my hometown if i lived there uh he mainly learned to cook from his dad who taught him to cook with soul uh he he made a buttermilk biscuit apple pie it's pretty good it looked so good and i i understand like what he was going for he was trying to like bring his uh you know bring like a different technique to apple pie and like using flavors and uh, methods that he's familiar with and i think like it was a great choice for paula dean who was judging at this point and she loved it uh gordon loved it joe loved it uh yeah. but... Aron gave it a no he said it was yeah. a little too cute i don't really i don't know if i agree with that uh well it's like sometimes you want the pie you want the basics you want you you want give us a pie give us give us an apple pie like you don't need to make it in like this deconstructed reconstructed like format like it doesn't have to be like that doesn't like you can serve an amazing apple pie in a restaurant and have it be restaurant quality without like doing like a bunch of weird stuff to it uh is what he was saying um speaking of people who can give you a pie. Our, our next contestant who made the auditions was Mary Jane, who calls herself the Pie Queen. Yeah. Um, oldest contestant this season. Oldest contestant this season. 59. Very Southern. She has, like, this drawl about, like, about her voice. Uh, her voice sounds like a big warm blanket. Um, yeah, she sounds like a parody of, of Southern women. Like, she has all these uh, what, what do you even say? Euphemisms? Like, yeah, I don't like southernisms she's like well uh spank my bed and call me bessie or she she like presents her her pie and she's like this will put the doodah back in your zippity yeah and, and it really feels like she's <laughs> she's trying especially hard to be what the producers want her to be which is this like token very southern old lady yeah uh she she's she's like you said she calls herself the pie queen she, i feel this like love that she has uh she claims like she's always been a caregiver uh her mom died when she was 19 and so like she's been taking care of herself like and people in her family for years now Um, yeah seems like a a good lady yeah nice lady i'm glad she finds time to make 
her pies because she made this key lime and we wrote down habanero but i think it's jalapeno actually pie and we um, don't care enough to rewatch and find out yeah but basically the idea is you have like this sweet and spicy element to this pie which i as a baker would never have thought of i would never put let a chili touch my desserts uh unless it's like chili with chocolate because that's like the most probably the most common way to incorporate spices into like or spice like heat spice into desserts the judges loved it they loved it they were like oh my god this is like the best thing since sliced bread betty white and they were very impressed with her as they should be it looked beautiful and she did a great job yeah i think it's not what you would expect out of a southern woman yeah definitely not i mean even being the pie queen like right away she's taking big swings with the type of pie she is making Uh, I, i do wonder how well she's going to do in challenges that don't involve desserts because that, that definitely seems like she's very specialized in that department. Yeah, um, and but at the same time, in order to, like, be able to do things like put, like, spicy ingredients into key lime pie, you really have to know flavor profiles and you really have to know what things go with what. And you have to be a good cook to have, like, that background as well. So mm-hmm. I think she'll be able to handle savory but i do also think that she might not have like a wide range of cuisines that she's comfortable cooking so like she might be like really good at making like southern dishes like that she's accustomed to given her background and heritage but if they were like we want you to make an asian dish she'd be like i've never tried this and i don't know what to do (laughs) um yeah uh so i would not be shocked if that that ends up happening in like week three yeah so i think that she's probably a good cook i just think like she might be limited in what types of food she's comfortable with but we'll just it remains to be seen speaking of people who might be a little limited our last person to make it through the auditions was a man named michael he is our vegan of the season he's very buff a lot of tattoos bodybuilder bodybuilder vibes meat cake i don't think that's a thing <laughs> beefcake beefcake yeah real beefcake oh my god and um, is that a compliment i think it's a compliment to call someone a beefcake i think so i mean if someone called me a beefcake, listeners I let us know upset but it's interesting he's like i think he's in his late 40s i think is what he said and he just became vegan a like, couple of years ago yeah like um, most of his life he was not vegan so um he- i think this is good for him i think that this is good for him because every single season in of master chef there's always like one vegetarian who doesn't know what meat tastes like or how to cook it because they never have uh either because they have like concerns for the ethics of eating meat or it's a health thing or what have yeah, you many reasons people decide oh yeah to of go. course yeah but they just don't have that experience but he does which i think is great so he he can try to do these vegan dishes when they're applicable but if in challenges that involve meat and seafood he'll be fine yeah, he'll know what to do yeah so. which is makes me feel really good about him fun For... fact about michael he is a sexpert he is couples therapist like a relationship counselor he makes yeah. this vegan crab cake all the judges were like, wow, this kind of actually like really tastes like crab. That's really impressive. He used jackfruit as a the vegan substitute for crab. It's 
jackfruit is often used as a vegan substitute for like meat products like it's substituted for the pork and pulled pork a lot judges were very impressed uh judges were big fans of this so paula was very thirsty for him she was like i want my husband's head on that body i Uh, just calm down paula dean yeah she was like wow i'm really feeling this energy between us or whatever she didn't actually say that. Yeah, but like, it sounds she, like Paula Dean and her husband need to reconnect sexually. Using that's food. what I'm. <laughs> that's what I was trying to get at. Like she clearly is uh, missing out on something. Yeah. Yeah, she needs something. Yikes. But that was pretty much the auditions. Though. Yeah. Let's get into this first like real episode. Let's podcast see. starts now. Podcast starts now. Basically, we start with the opening yeah you're here welcome to master chef like you're the top 15 candidates and you're the best in in the country right now or whatever and then they bring in the master chef legend for this episode and the chef they bring in is masaharu morimoto icon i grew up watching him on tv as did many other people and probably some of the people in our audience as well he was on iron chef in japan he was on on iron chef america he was also on Iron Chef Challenge and on Iron Chef Gauntlet. So he's like really into this whole Iron Chef world. He has received a Michelin star. He's also received like tons of different awards, like awards from the James Beard Foundation. And he was listed on San Pellegrino's top 100 restaurants in the world. Yeah, he's an all star. No question about that at all. And He's given the opportunity to present the challenge, and the challenge that he gives them is monkfish, which, wow, like, that's one way to start the season, for sure. Yeah, so explain to everyone what a monkfish is, because I'd never seen this before, and it looks disgusting. Yeah, monkfish are disgusting. Uh, In appearance, they are very ugly looking. They're monstrous looking fish, honestly. You can Google what they look like. They kind of have, like, the head of a blobfish and then, like, this, like, huge body. It's just, like, enormous. Yeah. However, just, like, some basic details about it. It's a white fish, so if you've ever had cod before, it's like cod. It's known as the poor man's lobster due to its delicate flavor and very, like, low prices per pound. It has, like, a very comparable density to chicken, actually. Not what you'd expect. Not what you would expect. It's just, it's just, like, really, like, it has, like, a consistency of, like, just, like, a meteor fish. And so it's described on the show as, like, a knife and fork fish. Uh, It can hold up to frying and, like, lots of seasonings. But it is really ugly. (laughs) It's, like terrifying looking honestly we also learned that it's very dense and uh, is kind of wet yeah i guess fish you would expect them to be wet but more wet than a typical fish yeah i guess so i've actually never eaten monkfish um I, i wouldn't have assumed that you had i'm not like a big seafood person it's supposedly very tasty yeah so they were like go to the pantry get some stuff prepare this monkfish however you would like to and like show us like you're the best iteration of monkfish that you can and literally of course everybody was like i'm gonna make fish tacos you're an idiot actually for making fish tacos why is this type of fish not good for fish tacos well because 
with a fish taco, you're hoping for the fish to be, like, flaky and, like, easy to bite through and also not add moisture to, or, like, significant moisture to your taco so that your, like, taco shell falls apart, yada, yada, yada. So usually people will use not monkfish for fish tacos. And so I was really shocked when everyone was like, yeah, I'm going to make fish tacos and yeah i mean by everyone you mean two people i know but like it feels like a lot of people and i don't know just don't i i hate when people make the same thing as somebody else on the cast like can you be a little bit more creative not only was it a bad idea but also because now you're being compared to this these other people that are making the same dish as you you know what I mean? Yeah, you want to go outside the box. Yeah, you want to go outside the box and you want to, like, show things that you know what you're doing, right? Yeah. And so I, I'm i sure that these chefs can make a great fish taco, but, like, they clearly didn't think about the ingredient. So. Yeah, and let's get into that because I think the best way to tackle this is just start with the headline. Elise went home and NIE and Alejandro were in the bottom with her. NIE and Elise were, two, were those two people who decided to make tacos, so... You know, clearly a very bad decision on their part. Yeah, uh, basically, Gordon Ramsay was like, you guys are making tacos, like, really? And then they still went ahead and made tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, NIE was making a, a drunken monkfish taco with some coleslaw and uh, chili roja Yeah, salsa. like red chili yeah. salsa. Yes, that is what that directly translates to. She was also making the tortillas by hand, and we kept coming back to her and seeing, like, Joe was worried she was not going to end up having enough time to make them by hand. She was like, nah, I'm good. Then, you know, cut back 10 minutes later, she's like, oh, shoot, I got to use a store-bought tortilla because I'm all out of time. Yeah, no, that was a flop because... Really a flop. It's a, it's a, the thing is, is, like, if you're not 100% certain that you can deliver this for the judges, don't say you're doing it. Like, don't. You know what I mean? You're going to try to be like, yeah, I'm making these homemade tortillas. And that's, that's so, it's great. It's a great skill to have. And it's a great thing to show off on the first day because you want people to see what your chops are. You know what I mean? Including the judges. And I think that she would have done better had she made her own. Yeah. I mean, the problem was just that she made a taco in the first place. Well, that, yes. But basically... Her monkfish was bland. It, like, lacked a ton of seasoning. It was cooked well, but it was, like, wet yeah. and bland. And that's not what you want. I feel like that has disgusting mouthfeel, right? Yeah. Um, very bad texture. Yeah. Um, but the slaw was delicious, apparently, as was the salsa, which is probably what ended up saving her here. Probably. She, I think she just really needs to work on, like, conceptualizing her dish and, like, yeah. thinking about the ingredients and that really is a problem across all the people who are in the bottom this week, right? Yeah, I mean, Alejandro, also in the bottom, you know, our, our guy from Cuba, he, he was just really too ambitious. He threw in, like, so many ingredients into this. So it was, like, creamed potatoes and, and leek soup, brussellini. I don't it was, even know it what was that a, is. It was a curry, actually. Yeah, it was a, it was a curry, and but I it was, was like, like, all this stuff in it. Well, like... Curry often has, like, more than a couple ingredients, like, but usually the majority of those ingredients in the curry are, like, spices, not, like, random things. Like, yeah. 
And so he like just did a bad job, right? <laughs> he just yeah. it, it it was overly complex and it lacked refinement. Gordon Ramsay described it as bizarre and that it was two separate dishes and that he needs to learn to edit himself. There's also um, a bizarre scene where in the preparation where he's like applying a blowtorch to cucumbers and the judges are all like, what are you doing? So that was weird, right? Yeah, it was. He was just like doing, he was like using unnecessary techniques on this food. And then it like wasn't even good. You know what I mean? Like, so he did all this work for nothing because it wasn't even tasty. Right? Yeah. And I, I, like we said in our auditions portion, I, I just don't think he's really got what it takes. Like he might have the ambition, but he also needs a much stronger foundation. Again, uh, Elise, like we said, she goes home. Uh, she was the third person on the bottom here, also made tacos. Yeah, they basically, the judges called her careless. The ingredients, the fish pieces in the tacos were like too chunky. And they basically... It was undercooked. It was undercooked. There was too much cumin and the seasoning was like okay but honestly everything just went wrong it was bad the <laughs> chips were good though but that's not the important part of the dish so yeah who really cares yeah it's like whatever <laughs> um she goes home for it for her taco that doesn't even qualify as a taco with its sogginess and yeah the we barely we barely things. even see her uh in this episode i feel like we got a lot more out of nie and some of the people who were like doing better than we saw from elise i, I think they, they kind of just wrote her off like, well, if she's the first boot, you don't really need to know anything about her. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I literally wrote down in my notes, loser of the challenge is Elise. She's going home. I feel nothing because her dish low-key sucked a lot and I didn't know her. Yeah, um, no, she, so... did a very bad, she did a very bad job. I think the judges made the right call here based yeah. on what we saw. And, you know, like I said, I think that all the people in the bottom had really the same issue. Kelsey, who was in the top, had a great quote uh, about this. She she had a confessional where she basically said the best technique sometimes is showing restraint. And if you season food well and cook it properly, this is often enough, right? I think that these folks in the bottom could take this advice. I think that Kelsey has the right idea here. Um, she was in the top. She wins the challenge. She made a beautiful like pan-seared monkfish with a cauliflower puree we love uh, a good pan sear we love a good pan sear apparently it had flavors uh involving like lime zest and shallots and ginger um her puree was sweet and creamy her monk fish, fish was perfectly cooked she just had it all had it all there she really did yeah i was very impressed with kelsey in this episode yeah i uh, think that it, it looked restaurant quality it looked great and I'm happy for her. Yeah. It's what I would want for her. Absolutely. Other people in the top included Autumn, who I, I, I thought was a lot of fun in this episode. Uh, she continued to to be a blast. She she said she hates seafood and she's afraid of fish, like afraid to even touch one. Yeah. Which she, was a bad omen, but she, she ended up making it work. Yeah. She said she'd never cooked any seafood before. So... And like she lives in Boston. I think that's pretty unusual for someone yeah. from there. Yeah. 
I agree with that. I think, like, most people on the East Coast, unless you're farther away, we're in Richmond, Virginia, it's a little bit harder to get, like, fresh seafood here, because we're, like, landlocked in the middle of the state, and it's a big state. Boston's, like, right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, right there. Yeah. Um, Like, Boston Tea Party? Right there. Right there, on the ocean. (laughs) She, She also somehow managed to get experience with asian flavors she yeah, said she said she, she's been to japan like, all, like a, a ton bunch of times, times. yeah yeah she's, she's like, like i've like... been to osaka like <laughs> with her boston accent yeah then um, she spoke japanese to uh to morimoto and i that just made me think she's probably like a weeb i think she's no yeah i think oh she's just God. like she she seems like the type of person who's just like really into anime you know what she pro- yeah i yeah <laughs> probably she was she probably says things like baka like unironically yeah desu desu <laughs> yeah. oh no <laughs> autumn we love you if um, you're listening to this which you're not her monkfish was uh, teriyaki, teriyaki glazed. glazed yeah also pan seared also pan seared uh she had a on the side garlic sauteed bok choy um the monkfish was cooked perfectly um the plating was very professional and looked awesome on the other hand sue last person in the top three yeah last person in the top our our queen yeah she makes this ginger and kumquat glazed monkfish with some mushrooms the mush like the mushrooms like mimic the texture of the monkfish she incorporated lots of Pan-Asian flavors that she's very familiar with. The flavor profiles are very clear, and the reason why she picked them is very clear. She really just knows what she's doing. The monkfish is cooked perfectly. Honestly, I'm almost a little bit surprised she didn't win this challenge. Maybe that's just because I really, really like Sue, and so I just want her to win everything. But... It seemed like really splitting hairs between yeah uh, exactly between Kelsey and Sue. I think they both just knocked it out of the park. Absolutely, yeah. I also love to see women in the top three. All yeah, women in the three top women. three. Yeah, it's great to see gender equality in our reality TV. Statistically speaking, seventy percent of professional chefs are male, right? Despite cooking being a traditionally like female and domestic role for what like it's it's a role normally fulfilled by women in the household and i think it's interesting because it's like we so often pay men for the work that women are just expected to do at home and i love to see women out there doing amazing professional level cooking on tv and potentially winning a quarter of a million dollars. Let's just touch on the people who weren't in the bottom or the top, but did receive some you know, some coverage of what they were making. I think the biggest character in this episode, probably overall, was Tay, which was very interesting given that he... Wasn't in the bottom or the top. Yeah. Yeah. He started out making a blackened monkfish banh mi sandwich, which Gordon then immediately told him was a bad idea because monkfish are like so watery and you just have like a soggy sandwich, which yeah. seems disgusting. Uh, a soup sandwich, if you will. A soup sandwich. Uh, a mess. Wow. Um, right. So instead of making this sandwich that he was planning on making with about like only like 25 minutes to go. He decides to make a jerk-style monkfish with, like, Jamaican-styled rice and beans and, like, some kind of hot sauce. 
I thought that was such a great idea since like the monkfish is known to be able to hold up to some big flavors mm -hmm. and I'm really surprised. It must have just like not looked good enough to make it into the top three. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like him doing this like last minute switch up was what kept him out of the bottom three. This is true. Uh, so I, I think that was the main point of telling that story. But I think it's also just setting up Tay as like a big player going forward. Yeah, I think that potentially we'll see a lot more of Tay. And I think we'll see a lot more of like his ability to take criticism and learn from the criticism. And Gordon Ramsay basically was like, I'm giving you a chance to figure it out, telling you with enough time that you could figure it out, so you should. But, like, there are so many... It, it happens so often that people are just like, I'm just going to finish what I'm doing and hope yeah. for the best. Even like, after the judges no. are like, yeah, this is probably a bad idea. And they're like, well, uh, too late now. No, like, try to fix it. Do something different. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You're allowed to. You're allowed to, and... You have, like, access to the world's, like, greatest ingredients, like, 15 yards away. Just, like, go fix it. Usually if the judges are telling you something and you don't listen to them, they're going to be especially hard on you if that turns out badly. Yeah. You know, Tay took their advice. Seems like a, a good player. Uh, a lot of the rest of the cast didn't get too much this episode. Abe made a pan-seared monkfish. It's something they had in Romania for breakfast, apparently. That was, that was pretty much like all all we got from Abe though. Yeah, I didn't really hear the judges talk to him that much. Yeah. Um not surprised. He seems like he's not going to go super far. Pretty middle of the road here. We had Michael who I I didn't catch what he was making. Well, it was something with parmesan, not too important though. It was probably though. like a parmesan crusted monkfish. I see. Is my guess. Okay. Then then a nice exchange with uh, Morimoto where Gordon was like uh, he's a sex expert. Have you ever been to one? Morimoto was a little cagey in his response. He was like, so. no comment, no comment. No comment. Uh, funny guy. Uh, we had Joseph, who I was surprised we didn't see as much from this episode, just because I, I thought he would be a really top contender. Honestly, I agree, based on his audition. Yeah, he made a, a monkfish bento plate. Seemed, looked good, but, you know, no comment from the judges on that. And she said her meal's an ode to her marriage, which... I don't really know how that applies, but that's what she said. Miles made a Miles-style honey-glazed monkfish. Oh he didn't He didn't call it that this time. Miles monkfish. Uh, they kept saying he was, like, overcomplicating his dish, but uh, it looked like he took Gordon's advice to edit himself. So it looked like Miles was one of these other people who barely avoided the bottom. Mary Jane basically got, like, nothing in the episode her stuff was probably also just good enough to be like middle of the road yeah matt made a curry uh, basically ignored in the episode and then lexi we didn't even see what she was making lexi was like the most invisible of these people so you know do with do without what you will when it comes to the edit yeah the person i think is really edited to be like the underdog is probably nie because she got probably like second most content in this episode uh behind tay and they keep talking about how she quit her job to be on MasterChef. They they tell you that at least five times an episode. Yeah, I I I like I said I think that's just like a like bad idea. Quitting your job. Quitting your job. Well, quitting your job to go on MasterChef. Oh yeah. Like, no, I, I support administrative hiatus. We're or something. we're pro quitting your job. I'm pro quitting jobs. I am anti quitting jobs to go on reality TV because then it's like. You've really, like, if you lose, you've lost everything. 
You don't even get any money out yeah. of it. Well, I mean, like, you know, how how much did she really like her job anyway? Now she's Who's on TV. Say? I say quit your job to be on reality TV. I say go for it. Unless you're, like, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, in which case... Uh, I mean, uh, actually do quit I, your job and donate all your money to charity. Yeah, I judge, but I would quit my job in five seconds to go on any reality TV show. No matter what it is, I would I would quit and would I'd you... be like, see you later. Bye. As you should. That was pretty much the episode, though. Mugfish but seems like, difficult to cook with. Yeah, I mean, but let's before we finish up, let's just talk about this, because in past seasons usually what you'll see each episode is a reward challenge and then when it when there's an odd number of people we'll see the mystery box and then the elimination challenge and then like when there's an even number of people we'll see the team challenge and then the pressure test it's like those four like cycle through yeah and it's like i prefer that i don't want to just see an elimination challenge yeah just like one challenge per episode like i want to see two challenges per episode mainly because i want to see everyone cook like something different like i don't want to just see like this one dish like in each episode because especially when there's this many people you're really not getting to see what they're making anyway so it's like i just want to see them make more stuff instead yeah it's it's a little less bad when there's this many people so you're getting like more time with each person right but like as it gets down to it when there's only one challenge per episode like how much can you stretch out that hour of like five people cooking the same dish for an hour into like a full episode of television it's just it's not enough content there and it gets very repetitive once you get to that stage it might just be like this for the first episode only because they weren't able to get like two legends to come on or like yeah, they but just have Morimoto do two, two challenges. You I know? don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I can't say he can only that. be there for an hour and a half. Literally. <laughs> He's like, I gotta, I gotta My schedule's get. booked guys. <laughs> He's gotta go back on Iron Chef. But it looks like based on the preview for next episode that we're not getting a team challenge next week. Like we're just getting another individual thing. If it's just, like, one challenge, again, where it's all individual and just the loser goes home, that's going to be, that's, like, really boring format-wise. Like, mix it up. Give me, give me, give me the stuff that I like. All I want is the stuff that I like. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm not asking for much. Just the stuff I like. Yeah. (laughs) Without the stuff I don't like. Exactly. But, you know, hopefully we'll see uh, the format get a little better as the season goes on, but if not... Still MasterChef, still a new season, very exciting, and I'm excited to see how these people grow and change throughout the season. I'm excited to see who goes home next. I am really excited to see which one of these people commits the next greatest sin with food. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What if the the ingredient every week is monkfish? Actually, accidentally put 100 monkfish instead of 10. Yeah, we ordered way too many. We don't (laughs) know what to do with all these monkfish. Please help. Uh, so if you have any monkfish of your own, uh, you can send them to us at pressurecookerpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at PressureCookPod. I'm Will from America. I'm Julia. And this has been Podcast.